Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and The Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. The Clubhouse is a career development platform consisting of monthly webinars, in-depth training vault, job board, mentorship platform, blogs, and a focus on mental health. Be sure to sign up for a free membership at theclubhousecareers.com. In addition, thanks for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. For season three, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path, three key topics that are current in the industry, three hustle hot seat questions, Three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. It's all about the journey in this business. This journey can come in a variety of ways. I'm excited to have our next guest share his, where he has worked in three different leagues in a variety of roles. Our next guest, Chris Wedigie, Vice President of Ticketing and Membership for the Chicago Blackhawks. Chris, welcome to the show. Travis, thanks for having me. Chris, very excited to talk about your career. And, and let's start where we kicked it off. You, you've worked in the NBA. MLB, and now the NHL, what are some key similarities in selling at a high level, regardless of, of product and regardless of league? Yeah, so I have been fortunate to work for three different, uh, three different leagues, three different sports. Uh, but one thing that, you know, as I'm relatively new here with the Blackhawks, one thing I've, I've learned quickly is business is business, sales is sales, sports is sports. So 80 plus percent, it's the same regardless of where you're working. And then those other variables, you know, exist on team performance, calendarizing when the schedule is. But at the end of the day, you're selling memories and you're selling that opportunity to really, you know, be that source, be that hub for a community to get together 10 times a year in the NFL, 40 times a year in the NHL and NBA and 80 plus in the in the MLB. So just having that mindset of like we are selling community and we are selling experience and memories. It's all very similar. And it's, it's great advice, right? And we, that's what we always talk about is control the controllables. And that's, those are the experiences and memories. It's not wins and losses. And, you know, going back to the beginning for you, Chris, you, you received your degree in business administration from the University of Kentucky. What do you think you were going to do as a career path? Honestly, I, I did think that this was a version of a career path. I was pretty in tune sophomore year, heading into junior year, had a couple of internships within the athletic department, junior and senior year. And the main question was, if I'm going to work in sports, what does that look like? You know, where am I willing and able to relocate? What type of niche within sports am I willing to do? And sales, like most people say, uh, was not top of mind. But all of a sudden, it's funny, marketing internship, all of a sudden, one of my core jobs was to call surrounding schools and offer free tickets to come to games. And I was scared out of my mind to offer free tickets. <laughs> offer free ones, yeah. Please don't answer. I don't. I'm just checking the box here. Fast forward, I get a sales internship, and I'm calling the state of Kentucky to sell calendars tied to the UK athletics, and I'm loving it. I'm thriving. I'm learning every day with a notepad, a computer that barely works, and a telephone tucked in a corner for a summer. And also, I'm like, wow, it, it only gets better than this. But I'm actually truly enjoying it. So let's figure out what growth within this niche of the industry looks like. 
No, it's it's great advice. I think even kind of taking it one step further, especially for a lot of our listeners out there is like, you did multiple internships. You weren't just checking the box with one, but throughout multiple internships, you found what your passion was. Right. And then that ultimately led in, and Chris, you and I have talked about this over the years. Like how many times do we get that, that person that like, why are you, why are you applying for this job? Oh, I just want to work in sports. And it's like, no, no, no. Like why specifically sales or why specifically right. marketing or PR? And so as then you're graduating, you, you feel like you've got a passion for sales. You take that risk and move all the way to Atlanta to start with the Atlanta Hawks in an entry-level sales role, making 10 bucks an hour, like why make that risk? Yes. 10 bucks an hour, Travis. We, we remember those days. That was, that was a huge upgrade. When I started there it was eight. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fully inflation. Um, but yeah, it, it's funny. I look back sometimes and I'm like, what was I thinking? Uh, and then I, I reflect and I go, I'll say I wasn't thinking. I was just doing, just like, doing, this is what you have to do to be successful in this field. Yep. Um, you got to cut your teeth. You got to move to a new city. You got to meet all these new friends and you got to challenge yourself. And as that happens, you know, fast forward, all of a sudden you're not making that $10 an hour right. entry. You're, you're growing, you're learning, you're gaining more experiences. And then you reflect and you talk to all your friends that took that job that was worth a little bit more outside of sports. Right. And you're like, Hey, we're good. Yep. This was all worth it. It was all a moment in time. And, you know, you thank your future self. Yep, absolutely. No, great advice. And, you know, Chris, one of the many attributes I've always respected about you is your willingness to take risk, which we'll, which we'll dive into, but a career path. But what is your advice to listeners on just being willing to take risk, whether that be for a job or even an account in every other situation they may be involved in? Yeah, and there's similarities here to just sports in general. So it's easy to make this comparison. But I, I've told folks over the years, in order to win, you have to be willing to lose. You have to put yourself out there. You have to take that risk, whether it's a one-off play within the Super Bowl or, you know, making sure that you're not coasting through a game. You're you're stepping that up. So as that happens, you know, there's so many, to your point, quick conversations. How does this scale? How can I take that risk? Yeah. Or career advancement. You know, what do I need to put my what do I need to do to elevate internally or externally? And how do I put myself out there and take those risks? No, that's absolutely. Well, Chris, going back to, to your Atlanta day, you took that risk and you start out as an entry-level team member. You really have eight months to prove yourself. It's sink or swim. And thinking back to that time, what's something you know that, that you wish you would have known then that you know now that could have helped you even catapult your career even quicker than you already did? The main thing that any person in sales has, especially early in their career, is I have to be at the top of the leaderboard. Revenue is king. Revenue is all that matters. And yes, that is important. But just as important, it's understanding what success looks like beyond that role. Understanding who are the folks internally in senior level roles that you can kind of build or for, learn from them, and honestly, gain their respect. Yep. How can you be a good teammate? All of those different things. So at first, understandably so, you're so hyper-focused on I got to close the sale. I got to climb that revenue board. And sometimes it consumes people to the point where the other learning really, you know, falls off their radar and they regret it in the long run. No, absolutely. And as you are there at the Hawks, you're striving, you go through inside sales pretty quickly into group sales and then into leadership. Why was leadership the right fit for you? 
You're right. I did learn pretty quickly. And, and by no means it was, hey, I got to get out of sales. I got to get out of the day-to-day grind. It was more so when I would help folks on big or small aspects of their process. And I'd kind of get addicted to that. And I'd say, hey, leadership at a young age, it's a risk back to the risk element. But what could this look like getting into leadership this early in my career? How can I help others succeed and their sum of all parts lead to my success? Um, So that's really been my core throughout is making sure that my role in leadership and our role as an industry in leadership, we are the sum of all parts. How do we make sure all those little minute things lead to the highest mountain possible? Oh, great, great advice, Chris. And as, as you are continuing on your career, you then you then transition to Chicago, you know, first with the Chicago Cubs and and in leadership, you work as the manager of sales development, then the manager of business development, then to the assistant director of ticket sales. And you end up spending over five years in ticketing there with the Cubs. Then you make the move to director of integrated marketing. Why did that move make sense for you? Life moves fast. It goes slow than fast. Um, so to rewind a couple of years within that um, that Cubs five years as a ticketing leader, Colin Faulkner has always been a great you know colleague and mentor of mine. And we had been touching on, hey, in order to have his role overseeing all of sales and marketing, I probably can't slash shouldn't just do it as the ticketing guy that then oversees everything. So where do I touch corporate partnerships, marketing, other elements? We didn't know when, we didn't know how, but we knew that at some point that opportunity should probably present itself, whether it was with the Cubs or elsewhere. And, uh, you know, it reached a point where, unfortunately, as as COVID downsizing led to a a lot of impacts specifically within the industry, that was the lightning bolt that said, hey, this is the time. Jump into marketing, help drive revenue from a different lens, help learn all these different capabilities and set yourself up for that future success again whether it's internally or externally and it was a blast of a two years learned a lot some days i felt like i was an intern and other days i felt like i was solving all the world's problems yep Uh, and for the most part it was it was somewhere in between nice well that's awesome well after several years in that kind of marketing space and world you get the opportunity to transition back into ticketing and to your point right being better and and more prepared probably than ever uh, as you lead into the the vice president role that you're in now leading the charge of the chicago blackhawks why was that the right opportunity and the right time to make that transition back and then ultimately you know across town there to the blackhawks so initially i i loved my time with the Cubs and I'm like, oh, this is the dream job. I'm staying here forever. So as you know, the Blackhawks reached out initially, I was like, thanks, but no thanks, or at least mentally saying that to myself. Yep. The more I put some thought into it, the more I was like, I'd be foolish not to at least have these conversations and learn more. Progresses. I'd be foolish not to take this job and take that leap of faith and really build, you know, a historic franchise, but we are building on and off the ice and, and taking that opportunity to help lead the charge on the ticketing side. Um, It went from zero to 80. And next thing I know, I was uh, packing up my things with the Cubs and didn't have to relocate the family, but did have a a different commute to come here to the United Center every day. You know, now you've been there just, just about a half a year, you know, six months. What is something that you and your team have accomplished thus far that you're most proud of? The main thing is simplifying the complexity. Uh, We do have, challenging jobs some some people think it's easy mm-hmm. really aren't cut out for it but for us we say hey like, we know what success looks like we don't fully know how to get there let's slow down build some process and then go fast 
Uh, so for us, we were able to really hone in on that in my first month or two. Things like Salesforce and building out that pipeline management and having just core principles to drive, taking a step back saying, hey, these are the pain points that we need to train on. These are the things that these young reps aren't yet exposed to. And we are the ones that need to put our, the onus on ourselves and the accountability on ourselves to present those opportunities. So, you know, that's a lot of the, sh- the quick wins in these first handful of months. And now it's going to lead to compound wins over time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Chris Wedigie, Vice President of Ticketing and Membership for the Chicago Blackhawks. And Chris, let's get into three hot topics here. Question one, selling sports is never easy. And really, regardless of wins or losses, and we talked about this early on in the podcast, you know, throughout your career, you're fortunate to win a World Series with the Cubs, but also work for teams that just haven't been very good. What is your advice to all listeners on the value of just really running parallel paths, but also selling at a high level, no matter the outcome of the, the team or the game? So as mentioned earlier, I mean, we're not selling wins and losses. That's a very common theme that you'll hear throughout the industry. We're selling memories. We're selling experiences. And we got to ride the wave when the wave is there. You know, the 2016 run of the Cubs was amazing. And we maximized the revenue. And it led to a lot of challenges in 17 and beyond. But it was worth that risk to really elevate the, honestly, the price points as demand told us to. Um, so those types of things are important. But also, as demand wanes off, you really have to have a sustained process in place to really make sure that the clients are top of mind through the highs and lows. Absolutely. Going back a little bit, how how was that that World Series ride? you know, with the Cubs? It was a ride, Travis. I, uh, as a lifelong Cubs fan, got to fulfill that lifelong dream and, uh, you know, fly back from Cleveland at 3 a.m., stay out on the outfield until about 10 a.m. Uh, it, it was, I peaked at a young age, you could say. <laughs> but in reality, you know, it, it really got me just hooked on, like, this is why we do what we do. But this is the cherry on top. This is, you know, you can go a whole career without a championship and still call it a fantastic career. Uh, but you have to enjoy those moments when they present themselves. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I always ask the guests that, that are fortunate enough to win, uh, do you ever wear the ring? Here and there. Uh, I, I definitely wore it a lot in 17, 18 while we were still riding the wave. Now it's, you know wearing it during the other world series that we're watching and yeah we're not getting it but we'll, we'll watch some other team do it uh and i also took the risk a few months ago of, of showing my two-year-old son and and that didn't end well he uh yeah. he threw it and then i put it away and he cried about it and i'm like you know what you're gonna appreciate this a little bit more when you're older yeah so. we're gonna have to let you get older to do that 
Exactly. <laughs> well, Chris, qu- question two, given that you have now spent that time in marketing and, and you feel like you've probably been a lot more well-rounded, what's one thing you believe that some of our sales leaders should always think about as they think about it from a marketing lens? The number one thing is simplifying the message. We're very creative people in sales and in marketing, and we want to create all these intricate products that is going to revolutionize sports and everything like that. But if you can't simplify it, it gets lost in translation. Complexity is the enemy of sales, and you wasted a lot of time building something that by the time it hit the marketplace, it just didn't make sense. Um, so that's an important thing also internally when making requests, uh, from sales to marketing, there's a lot of times where salespeople are speaking Spanish and French are speaking, mar- uh, you know, marketing speaking French and yeah, you know, I get to play translator here and there, but at the end of the day, like, how can we both speak the same language, do everything in a timely fashion and, and simplify the message by the time it reaches the market. Yeah. Great, great advice. And finally, quick question three, you've worked for and alongside a lot of great people in this industry. What's your advice to individuals finding a mentor or mentors early on in their career? Yes. And mentorship is, first of all, very important. Also a little buzzwordy in the sense of, you know, no one's walking around with a, you know, a tattoo saying I'm someone's mentor, right? And (laughs) a lot of people realize like, oh, I didn't even realize I was this person's mentor, but they they said it on a podcast or whatever they're saying. Um, I think my core philosophy there is the honus is really on the mentee to put themselves out there and ask for mentorship and ask for advice and be as human and honest as possible because the people you're asking advice for they're probably pretty prominent within their role, which means they're probably pretty busy. Yep. So how are you being timely and relevant? How are you you know, building that rapport? And then how does it become as natural as possible where that mentor really does say, you know what, I am going to take you under my wing and I am going to give you advice either one when you're asking or two when I think it makes sense to provide some mentorship. Now, Chris, ton, ton of great advice and certainly a great career you've already had and it continues to go. As you think back to your career to this point, what's been your best memory? So we talked on 2016, which is a lot of obvious answers there. But honestly, for me, and it goes back to the leadership element, my favorite moments throughout my career are when I'm either delivering or in the room for someone being promoted. That wow moment that they've been working for some of all parts, and they hear the magic words of congratulations, you're presented with opportunity X. And I get to just be a witness to the glistening eyes, the how do I contain all my excitement or just the like pure emotion that they've worked towards to that moment. And I wouldn't say that's why we do what we do, but to an extent, that is the best part of doing what we do is saying, hey, you put in the work. Yes, we helped guide you there, but now you're going to get recognized and you're just going to keep compounding those wins throughout your career. Great. Chris, ton of great advice. Certainly fun to hear about your journey, both personally and professionally. To close it out, I'd like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. If you owned a boat, what would the name of your boat be? I love boats. Love going up to uh, Door County, Wisconsin each summer. My answer would be Hakuna Matata. Love it. Great What's movie. The... Yeah. Love it. Oh, I love it. What's the last thing you completed on your bucket list? Personal side, uh, this time last month, month and a half became a girl dad 
Yep. So uh, super happy joining our, our family, Brooks, two-year-old, and now baby Shay. Mom's a rock star and uh, you know, it makes it coming home from work even that more enjoyable. Awesome. And if you hosted a talk show, who would be your first guest? I'm a 90s Bulls kid. So it's it's Michael Jordan. Obviously, like that fulfill a lot of mine, but also marketing, right? A lot yep. of people tune in. Oh, yeah. Interviews. So uh, so let's let's start with a bang. Absolutely. Well, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? So the first would be you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Uh, everyone that you start in entry level anything, they all think that they're ready to succeed and, and the cream's going to rise, but you need to put the accountability on yourself to do that. So that's number one. Number two is, you know, be a team player through every element of your career. Um, it's never the I show. It's always the we show. And, and just making sure that whether it's asking for advice, providing advice, or really just supporting someone else through the highs and lows, that's vitally important. And number three is don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves, uh, family, friends. We've got the dream job. How do we how do we maintain that? And the answer is fulfill number one and two, but it's also being cognizant of we have an, we work in an awesome industry and we need to make sure that we don't let it consume us and we stay positive each step of the way. Love it, Chris. Thank you so much. You've certainly had a great career, a ton of great advice. Always a pleasure talking to you and I appreciate your time and your advice and expertise. Thanks, Travis. Appreciate you having me on. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.